cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting for the Matrix on May the 28th, 2008. Newcomers looking to cuttingforthematrix.com, the website where I've got lots of talks, both from radio and the blurb talk I give once in a while. We can go into things in a bit deeper depth and download as much as you want because I try and piece a lot of this big puzzle together for you. And it is coherent. There is a coherent plan here. It's not happenstance. It's not just the times in which we live. The people are more psychopathic than they've been in the past. There's plenty of them out there for sure. But there's definitely a plan, a very old plan that's been going on for hundreds of years, coming to fruition in this day and age. Look into alanwattcentinel.eu as well for transcripts you can download and print up from the various tongues of Europe and you can pass them around to people or places in your area if anyone's interested and don't try and force it on people because remember they're in, they're in a different world they're in a television world they're in a, a major media world where everything's just happening daily and politicians argue and fix it and they truly believe that's how we stumble down through time they have no idea of reality. And this term, this conspiracy theory has been bandied about. It was given from the top down for everyone to talk about. And so you're branded as a conspiracy theory theorist. And that's what they want, you see. Uh, the media, mind you, can make them believe anything at all, which is absurd enough in itself. But that doesn't matter because very few people really think for themselves. They're not really conscious. And you have to understand that because they all part the same things and see the world is round, they all think they're quite sane and they know all they need to know. But the last thing they'd ever want to believe, and that's the key, they want to believe, is that there's another force at work here uh, with a rather shady and dark agenda which might involve them. A long time ago, Bertrand Russell and others said that they were creating an egocentronic society, a society that would go for pleasure and avoid pain at all costs. And yet pain, and even the pain of knowledge, and it can be really painful, is essential for survival. If you don't know what's happening in your environment, you're a goner. Every wild animal knows that instinctively. That's why it surveys its roots every day. And anything at all that's different, even a tree that's fallen down, it will stop and watch from all angles before it continues. We, on the other hand, are shepherded. We are domesticated. And we've been taught and trained to believe that we should leave the big, big problems of the world to our betters. And those families above us, those hereditary families that just seem to, these big dynasties who inbreed and are multi-millionaires, 
maybe even billionaires, because we're taught to respect the massive accumulation of wealth. And all it really shows you is the top psychopaths get to the top because they're vicious, cunning. They see through every scam because they're the masters of the creation of scams. And the system that we live in is theirs. They give us, they give us their psychopathic culture to follow and emulate. Our whole training from childhood right through life is to serve them and to produce and consume and allow ourselves to be taxed. And through the taxation, they have to employ other humans to work for them and build all the infrastructure, the scientific infrastructure, which eventually, and already in fact, has enslaved us. I'm Alan Watt, back with Cutting Through the Matrix. And sorry about getting cut off there, but sometimes the feed doesn't work right when I I get the the cues and nothing comes through. So I prattle on all through the break. And it's a a tremendous waste of breath. And I see some amazing things, mind you, but uh, you never get to hear it. (laughs) Anyway, getting back to what I was talking about, uh, how this system is very old. Uh, And it's a system that that knew where it was going hundreds of years ago. That's the most astonishing thing, because when you go into many of the organizations that sprouted out or up, and could be out as well across the whole planet, connected organizations that were higher branches of what was initially the Rosy Cross or Rosicrucianism, and people go all wah and la-la over terms like the Illuminati, but there's only one branch of the same organization that was dedicated to revolution. A revolution isn't just a bloody. Most revolutions are bloodless. They're cultural revolutions. And you find they were sprouting up. The, the Golden Dawn was one of them. Uh, eventually, in Germany, they had the Viral Society and the Tula Society, a whole bunch of them. And you find that the big writers and authors of fiction as well, because they must program you through fiction when you least suspect it, but were members of the societies, even some of the biggest poets that also influenced uh, generations of youngsters were members of these societies. And apart from all being Masonic societies and more elite or wealthy branches of them, they were also dedicated all along from the very beginning to remaking the whole world to function better, to perfect it. And they all truly believed in eugenics. From them branched out the Communist Party. And the Communist Party, too, based on Marxist teachings, was all to do with the malleability of people and how they, too, could be perfected by those who knew how to do it. And they all believed that science would be used alongside indoctrination. Those who've already looked in 
to Freemasonic books and literature, even at the very bottom, will get the, the hint of self-perfection. And most folk think when they're joining it, apart from the fact they're going to get helped up the ladder in life, that is, by getting the better jobs or getting custom if you've got a business, they, they, they think they're joining a, a self, self-improvement type club. But it's much, much more than that because it's a, a weeding system. You weed out the ones you don't want and the ones that have the right stuff, as they call it, are pulled up the ladder. And those who have any sway over the public, any public positions at all, even even small newspapermen in your local little areas can get up higher because they created public opinion. But as I say, the odd thing was and is uh, that the agenda literally has never changed. There's been a complete war on everything that was, every system and parts of culture everywhere that was to bring in a new. And for those who cheer on, I understand it too, but cheer on uh, the, the loss of power of the old religions, what's being put up now around you is going to be a thousand, thousand times worse than any totalitarian type regime or religion you've ever, ever seen on planet Earth. Because it's already showing its teeth in a thousand quarters. It's already completing its agenda in depopulation in different places across the world and at home. And they don't come out at home, you know, in the so-called first world countries and tell you they're doing it, but the signs are all around you. We have been trained to follow the stars, the wandering stars. used to call them wandering at one time because all the actors and actresses used to travel in troops. They were authorized and licensed to travel from city-state to city-state. They've always been used by kings and queens in ancient times to control culture. They've been used to by the main religions. At one time, all they could put on were plays to do with religion. They were called morality plays. That's all the people in the Middle Ages could go and see. Today, we're taught more than ever to follow these stars as they change and break and recreate culture from one normal to the new normal. And we all swallow it up because no one wants to be politically incorrect. And here's one. I'm trying to find a name for the character. This one person who belongs to one of the societies who has led a generation, literally, to grow up and follow a whole bunch of conditioning, tremendous indoctrination, through very fascinating stories, the stories of Star Trek, where literally, in an allegorical form, because it was set in space and planets, it showed you about a world federation. It's called the Intergalactic Federation, based on free trade, which is, of course, the free trade of the United Nations and all the blocks it's setting up. And I've just announced the third major block for the Asian is almost up and running. It's strange that Karl Marx could talk about that in the 1800s, and here it all is. Strange to those who don't really know, that is. 
here's Captain Kirk, uh, a sort of worn-out actor who's had his face stretched umpteen times because he doesn't want to uh, change his name from Peter Pan. And this is meant to sway people who followed the series and him. The fiction, remember, because the fiction is more real than the person. We don't know the real person. Say politicians, you don't really know them. Public relations companies make an image for them, and we never know the real people. Here's what it says in ParallelNormal.com. That's Mark Bard's website. It says, Kirk, Captain Kirk, calls for depopulation. This is posted May 26, 2008. And it says, if man won't do it, nature will. Then actor William Shatner says. And it's got a picture of him talking to Spock, another actor, of course, a fiction. It says, in the Star Trek episode, Mirror, Mirror, Kirk meets a wicked Spock in a parallel universe. He dissuades his first officer from eradicating an uncooperative humanoid race. And it says here, Star Trek, William Shatner said last week, that the Earth is striking back against humans with natural disasters. That's the, the nonsense they started back in the 70s with the GIA organization, again, well-funded by the big boys. It says, he says, they, the people, are pressed together, defecating into the ocean, says Shatner. This is from a ham actor who stooped as low as to push brand flakes on television. He's talking about fishes. This is who played Captain James T. Kirk in Star Trek. The Earth can't take it. At one point, a long conversation with talk show host Glenn Beck, Shatner decried humankind's penchant for reproduction. Yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? All the these inferior types breeding. The sea clip, blah, blah, blah. It's a position he shares with his fellow transhumanist, Max Moore. She belonged to the transhumanist organization. This is an organization which fronts for one of the many organizations which fronts for the eugenics program. Well-funded, lots of professors in it who all deal with the social sciences and all the rest of it, and economics, because economics is a big part of it. And here's Mr. Kirk fronting for them, and no doubt he's got paid for it as well. In a strange blurring of real and virtual reality, both Shatner and the Star Trek character are heroes to the transhumanists who view the human body as limited, imperfect, and in need of artificial augmentation. The transhumanists also want to bring about a social order where responsible decisions can be implemented. Now, what they're talking about there is the fact that we're all too stupid to live our lives the way we're living them. We're fat, dumb, lazy people because we've been made that way, you see, by the same culture creators. And apart from that, you see, we like to make decisions for ourselves. We like comfort and so on. We don't like starvation. And these characters don't like that. They don't like you picking your own mate and maybe breeding, you see. It's not, it's not efficient. You have all these problems because you can't have predictable offspring. And the whole eugenics business, which is a, so big, so huge, such an essential arm, of this hidden government, and it is a hidden government, although it is coming more out in the open, as they said they would. The biggest part of it is bringing down the population drastically, then creating the worker bees and perfecting them this time. They serve this already 
augmented, they think, the upper class. You know, the winners, the ones who have made it and kept hold of power over a few centuries through selective breeding and not squandering their money, just accumulating more. That's the proof that they are, they are the ones who've made the great leap forward in evolution. We're all the junk genes at the bottom. And this is how they push it out there to people. They get what they think is stars. Stars. A guy who pushes brand flags. They get someone like him to tell us, thinking they'll follow his opinion. Unfortunately, it works. Unfortunately, for a lot of people, it works. Back with more after this break. some of the techniques that are used by the ones at the top, knowing that people at the bottom are trained, we're trained to follow the stars, they say. And that's why they always pick personalities, as they call them, to promote politics or whatever else that they're, they're pushing. And they do get paid for it too, and they're being politically corrected to do so, so they know that the career gets a little boost. But the public don't see it that way. It's just that we're trained to follow the stars. So-and-so's on television means they're important. Therefore, their opinion is somehow better than your own, and you neglect your own sensibilities, and you adopt that opinion. That's what they hope to do with these idiots that they put on uh, in front of us, like the one I just talked about. But look into paranormal.com and look it up for yourself. Now, a while back, I talked about the bees all dying off, and how it was known here for years because Canada, you see, was the test bed for all this genetic modification and the population of Canada for 10 years was eating the stuff before it was found out to the public. It was all done in secrecy, admitted to by the government who signed secret deals with Monsanto and others to test on us and study us like little ants as we all got sick and keeled over. And it only broke out in Canada because uh, they were introducing GMO food or thinking about it in Britain and it was an NGO group that declared the fact, and it spread over to Canada, and there was a little, a very, very little, very, very minute uproar about it. Then they brought out the bigwigs, like David Suzuki, to convince us it was all right, and after all, he's another personality on television, and he must speak the truth. That's how it was done. And I mentioned at the time uh, that the beekeepers in Canada, and I know the head beekeeper for Ontario, uh, the Ontario Association of Beekeepers, and he had found out that all his bees that went north from his particular place were coming back and slowing down and just killing over. And eventually he got it from the government that sure enough to the, to the north of him were a few test beds for the GMO food where they were really dozing on the chemical pesticides. And it was no big mystery as to why the bees were dying off. Well, here's an article here from the guardian.co.uk. And it's Friday, May the 23rd, on this very issue. 
Germany has banned the family of pesticides that are blamed for the death of millions of honeybees. The General Federal Office of Consumer Protection and Food Safety suspended the registration for eight pesticide seed treatments products used in rapeseed oil and sweet corn. Now, there'll be more of them, believe you me. The move follows reports from German beekeepers in the Baden-Württemberg region that two-thirds of their bees died earlier this month following application of a pesticide called chlorothianidine. It's a real bee emergency, said Manfred Hederer, president of the German Beekeepers Association. 50 to 60% of the bees have died, and average and some beekeepers have lost all their hives. Tests on dead bees showed that 99% of those examined had a build-up of chlorothianidine, the chemical produced by Bayer Crop Science. I wonder if that's Bayer, the Rothschilds. I don't know. Someone should look into that and see, because that is a real name. They know have the Bayer company that's into pharmaceuticals as well. This is a subsidiary of the German chemical giant Bayer and is sold in Europe under the trade name Poncho. It was applied to the seeds of sweet corn planted along the Rhine in the spring. The seeds are treated in advance of being planted or sprayed while in the field. The company says an application error by the seed company which failed to use a glue-like substance that sticks the pesticide to the seed led to the chemical getting into the air. That was sure. Bayer spokesman Dr. Julian Little told the BBC's Farming Today that misapplication is highly unusual. It is an extremely rare event. It has not been seen anywhere else in Europe. He said, well, that's enough of that nonsense because that's what public relations do. They, they're told to lie to the public. Isn't they? That's, that's what they do. They get paid to lie to the public. So look into that. That's an interesting little article. And if you'll dig into it, I'll find an awful lot more to this because is happening with other chemicals as well, including all the stuff that Monsanto sprays on on all the different crops that they own the patents on as well. And always remember, as, as cancer skyrockets in all age groups, that we eat this stuff ourselves. We eat this stuff. It's, it's proven little, little to everything that's eaten it, the smaller the mouse from insects all the way up to, to animal uh, or lab, uh, lab animals and we eat this damn stuff too and don't forget that this isn't just sprayed on top of the plant the plant soaks this stuff up as well like a sponge from the roots from the soil and it's in the plant never mind the fact that these plants some of them make also make pesticides in the growing process and we wonder and we scratch our head and we spend We throw millions of charity work about fighting cancer. Who's kidding who? They know what they're doing at the top. They don't eat this rubbish that they feed us. They don't eat this stuff. It's amazing. It's just amazing how we're lied to and fooled and conned over and over and over again because we're taught to trust. From childhood, we're taught to trust our betters. The specialists, the experts. Well, I've got Steve from Ontario on the line. Are you there, Steve? No. Uh, hold on till after this. Yeah, hold on till after this break. Talk to you now. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
on now and watch and we're cutting through the matrix. Sometimes I like to hear that last little riff there just just run along because it's wailing and that's what we're doing. We're wailing about everything that's happening in the world right now and so we should be. And we've got Steve from Ontario on the line. Are you there, Steve? Yes, I am, Alan. I was, yes, can you go ahead? Good evening. Uh, certainly, certainly not a shortage of things to talk about, is there? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh no. Yeah. It's, it's, it's overwhelming as always. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, it's funny. I, I got an email a few days ago from from one of my contacts, and and this is an alleged quote from a celebrity, and uh, he has said apparently said I want Barack Obama to be the next president of our country. As an official celebrity, I know my endorsement has just made your mind up for you. <laughs> and he's a certain uh-huh. actor who's had uh, you know. Uh, Starring roles in, in recent movies, I'll just leave it at that. But uh, anyway, yeah, that's not not the point. Funny. Not the point of my call. I just thought that was kind of on topic. Um, I, uh, I I was visiting a website today, and again, this is something else that uh, you know I wanted to talk about. It's uh, Planet Slayer: The Adventures of Greena, and it seems like complete propaganda. It's linked from uh, uh, abc.net.au. And it's, it's along the lines of a questionnaire, and you go through it, and it tries to calculate your carbon footprint. And it's so cartoonish, it seems to be geared towards kids. And what happens at the end, when you click the last button, you submit your, your questionnaire, it will show you, you know, depict you as a pig, and you explode into a pool of blood in this, in this crate, and it says you're going to die at the age whatever. You know, you're going to die at three, you're going to die at eight. And it shows you blowing up a pig. Yeah. And and that's that's yeah. humanity how it's been degraded to this point because of your carbon footprint, and like I said, it's yeah, that's right. from a mainstream source. And and sorry, can I just just have the line just for a second because I'll be as quick as possible. Um, a thought that crossed my mind. You know how the this so-called movement seems to be very divisive. I uh, you know people close to you you know turn on you, and you see the mainstream media you know, calling for certain celebrities to be hanged and, you know, what's happening with former presidents being ostracized for speaking out. And then you, you, you look back at Brzezinski's quote that, that you mention a lot about, you know, let the dead bury their dead, and, and even the Club of Rome's quote about the enemy is humanity itself. The enemy yeah, right. is humanity itself. So I, I had a, a eureka moment after seeing that stupid flash video yeah. You know, it, yeah. maybe it's not so much just about this whole environmental issue, uh, you know, people being the enemy because we're, we're consuming too much. Maybe we're being turned on ourselves. Is that oh, yeah. possible? Oh, if yeah, if, very, if very the environment yeah. can be so divided that we've become the new enemy because we're being turned on ourselves. You know? Yeah, and now, now we're being convinced to believe it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, just uh, an observation I had, and that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, thanks for calling. Thank you. And and, and it's true, it's absolutely true that uh, the children today are getting taught this stuff in kindergarten to make sure they're eco-fanatics when they grow up. And the parents think that's okay because the parents themselves have given responsibility to the state to, to raise their children, exactly what Bertrand Russell said would make happen. And it's happened. And uh, that's how they get them. They, they put these cartoons out there, little games and so on, and repetitive information with the, the terminology that concretizes a complete abstraction, which is a carbon footprint, until they associate it with something real and ominous and terrible. 
and you're going to be taxed for every single thing that you need for a living and you'll even be taxed for the air you breathe eventually because as I say if you thought the old Vatican system was bad or any previous authoritarian type religious systems or world systems you ain't seen nothing nothing yet at all these guys at the top are ruthless you also have a psychopathic type personality, millions of them flooding in to bureaucracies and governmental departments because that's the biggest growing business on the planet. And they all want to make it big. And they're all taught to be innovative at their university courses that they attend to be CEOs, future CEOs. And they run your institutions, the things that you need. They used to be called services. They run them as businesses. And professors are making sure they're trained this way. Professors have helped change this world by selective education for the last hundred odd years or more, the definitely last hundred years. They were the ones who helped shape communism within your own countries. And lo and behold, we find out years later, most of them that pushed communism in your own countries worked for the CIA. You see, the enemy's never out there. It's a, it already was a worldwide enemy. It was everywhere within every nation. And it had everyone fighting everyone else in the Hegelian technique to bring you to a synthesis. And here we all are. As they combined capitalism and communism together, the two sides of the same coin. One that runs completely on materialism, the other one that deals with economic materialism. And they're joined now because they always really were. And both of them wanted a subservient, perfected society where the elite would decide who would be born, who would not be born, how you'd live. And by using science, eventually they'd eliminate the ability for any future problems or revolutions from the masses. The peasantry, as they like to call them, the great unwashed. And we're at that stage today. It's quite astounding, but the indoctrination is blatant. It's in your face. You can't watch a comedy without hearing the terms bandied about. That's how they get political correctness of all kinds into the mainstream. And everyone picks up the little buzzwords and terms and repeats them. Repetition, repetition, repetition. And it becomes a reality for most people. Almost wholly in the fact. And one day, all these terms, if you were to to see what I'm saying today will be called blasphemy. I'm not kidding you. They're all using, they're ter- using that term blasphemy. They used that in the European Parliament a few years ago when some people said that they didn't have the right to make the countries do what they were doing. And the, the guy at the head of the European Union said that was blasphemy. Blasphemy, a religious term. We better realize we have a religion running this world. It's a complete belief system, a eugenic belief system of superiors and inferiors. And they don't have to pretend they have a deity as a go-between where they have to appease them and speak nice to the little people. These guys are authoritarian to the hilt. And we're going to start to see their teeth very shortly as they tax us into the ground. They've been preparing for this for such a long, long time preparing for riots that would come from about 
2010 onwards, for 30 years of riots. We've been preparing for that since about the 1950s. And gradually they've been building up internal armies to cope with it. That's how far ahead they plan everything. They plan every part of their plan and the introduction to every part of their plan, what the repercussions will be from the public, how they will deal with that, years before you even hear about the plan. They've gone over every possible reaction that could be and how they overcome it. That's long-term military strategy. That's how it's done. Fascinating. Now, here's another thing that came out of the UK, and it's from, as in, it was in The Guardian, on May the 28th, 2008. And it says, conflict, it says, surging inflation will stroke riots and conflict between nations, says report. Exactly what I'm talking about, that they didn't know this would happen. Merrill Lynch says, gap between rich and poor will worsen. Governments must curb rising prices, insists the bank. These are the guys that cause inflation and run the big organizations. This is by Andrew Clark in New York. Riots, protests, and political unrest could multiply in the developing world as soaring inflation widens the gap between the haves and the have-nots, an investment bank predicted yesterday. Economists at Merrill Lynch view inflation as an accident waiting to happen. As prices for food and commodities surge, the bank expects global inflation to rise from 3.5% to 4.9% this year. In emerging markets, the average rate is to be 7.3%. The cost of food and fuel has already been cited as a factor leading to violence in Haiti, protests by Argentinian farmers and riots in sub-Saharan Africa, including attacks on immigrants in South African townships. Merrill's chief international economist, Alex Patelis, said this could be the trip, tip of the iceberg, warning of more trouble between nations and within nations as people struggle to pay for everyday goods. Now, having said that, you know what's happening here in Canada and in the States. You're watching gasoline start to go up through the roof. And it's, it's just started. It's just started as to where they're going to take it. And as they're doing that, like, like Ontario and other places in Canada, they're going to start taxing the rural areas, maybe double or triple taxation. That was announced just today in Ontario. So there isn't enough that you're sinking and holding on with one hand to the gunwale of the ship. Here they are with a hammer trying to hack off your fingers so you can sink into the sea. This is intentional. All of this is intentional. They cause great chaos. But they want the folk to get back into the big cities where they have not been building extra accommodation. So it's going to be vastly overcrowded, very much like the beginnings of Russia, the communist system where everyone flooded into the city or forced off the land and they lived on top of each other, basically. That's what's going to be made to happen. And that's why, for years now, they've been setting up these armies to deal with the coming strife in mainly the cities. We can all be watched and tracked and traced. And then come and get you wherever you are whenever they want you. They plan so far ahead and the last ones to catch on are the people who literally go daily to the news to find out what's happening, thinking, again, everything is unrelated 
and spontaneous. This, everything that happens in this world is foreseen because it's planned that way. It's planned that way. Nations were gone, really technically gone, as far back as the signing of the document of the United Nations. That was to be the end, really, of national sovereignty. And then uh, a mini-war went on as the two authorized sides, and I mean authorized sides, capitalism and communism, vied uh, for the upper hand for the planet. You know who paid for the European Union primarily and who ordered it to happen was, was the American president in World War II, and then Truman took over. And the U.S. citizens paid for the start-up and the organizations to be started up to work the European Union into existence. Now it's the, the, the U.S.'s turn to sink into the system in the Americas that it helped build in the first place. And as I say, now the, the far eastern rim, Pacific rim, are talking about this merger as they become the third main trading bloc, exactly as Karl Marx talked about in the 1800s. Is that a conspiracy theory or a coincidence theory? You tell me. As everything has gone up, remember, in gasoline and diesel, you're finding that everything in the stores are going up too. And, of course, they know that. They, what do you think they pay all these economists for? They know what's going to happen, cause and effect, cause and effect. Very, very simple. Nothing but Richard in Alabama on the line. Are you there, Richard? Hi. Uh, um, yes. I disagree with you on this issue of population reduction and the uh, eugenics I don't see yeah. any I don't see any evidence at all of any real eugenics program instead I see dysgenics which is the opposite of eugenics and they talk about uh, eugenics but the results of all their policy uh, always turns out to be dysgenic and as for population reduction, I see them implementing a policy of, that is opposite of reduction. They are replacing the slow reproducing races with races that are reproduced very rapidly. They, they try to encourage fast reproducing peoples to immigrate to nations that have slow reproducing races and replace them, eliminate them. Uh, so, so you see, is there is a racial you see is a racial issue rather than a eugenics issue? Well, if the races, if one race is reproducing much faster than another, and the, it's the government policy to bring in the fast reproducers and eliminate the slow re reproducers, that doesn't sound like uh, population reduction. That means population increase. Why, why, why do you think? Why did you think to be bringing in? Uh, the races that, that are still breeding up to a higher level. Uh, they want to. They hate civilization more than humanity. They want to destroy civilization. No, they don't want to destroy civilization. See, they run civilization. They run civilization. All they're doing is destroying the last vestige of the previous type. And believe you me, it doesn't mean that the next type that comes in 
are going to have an easy turn of it either because as soon as they get into the system, they start dropping the birth rate as well. Well, that, 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 that's a theory. It doesn't work out in practice. Instead, they get on welfare. Uh, they demand government jobs. They demand uh, uh, daycare and all kinds of programs, and they wind up making more babies than ever before. They don't demand it. You see, it's laid on for them. It's laid on for them, understand? All this is laid on because, you see, the old system and the old society and those with a, a memory of freedom have to be eliminated. It's yes, that, that's just ha that is happening, but that's the opposite yeah. of population reduction. That's population increase. But no, it is population reduction, you see. But those people, too, who then replace you will find that their populations will start getting reduced once their job is over as well. Everyone here is being used. Well, uh, after one after another, uh, the genders had the same thing. You had the gender wars. Once again, revolutions. You see, mm -hmm. revolutions mainly are bloodless, but they're cultural, and that would destroy even the mating of the domestic stock. And it's been very successful. You find that most of the whites aren't breeding because they can't stand each other. They can't even live with each other anymore. Uh, the male and female can't get on anymore. That's been very, very successful, and that was a 40 years war to bring it to that stage. That eventually will be used on the newcomers um, at the right time as well, and it'll work just as well with them. I'll be back with more after these messages. Alan Watt for cutting through this matrix and it really is deep. And you must always think and look and think beyond the answers you're given and the general media reasoning because you will find everything is always planned that way. Long-term planning, intergenerational, and it works every time. Now we've got Robbie from Missouri on the line. Are you there, Robbie? Yes, sir. Yes, go ahead. Alan, did you uh, uh, mention uh, in the past... Uh, a book called The Cosmic Serpent by Jeremy Norby. I don't think so. Okay. So. Are you familiar with the book? Uh, I've an idea what it will be about because it's... Uh, DNA uh, and uh, the uh, Origins of Knowledge. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I read it... Um, uh, just recently, a couple times, and it's crystal clear to me what you're saying about the uh, genetic modifications that are going on. Uh, it's so presumptuous to insert or, or remove a gene someplace to improve something. It's in the food chain. And mm -hmm. what we're seeing is you throw this in there, this in there, and uh, it does maybe work for what they was trying, but when it goes up the food chain, you get three-legged frogs and, and cancer. And uh, uh, it, it's... Um, uh, am I I'm kind of right on that? Well, well, it's true. However, these characters have overcome some problems. Believe you me, in genetics... But the public are told is, is antique, always. They're way ahead in that, and they, 
they initially thought they could literally control our minds by using brain chips, and that might come yet. In fact, they could convince the public quite easily to take them, uh, because everyone's used to the computer or hands your memory and all this kind of stuff, and this is how they'll sell it to you. But that will certainly give them control over the public for a generation or more while they go on with the further uh, genetic side of it, the perfection of what they call the perfect obedient slave. So all of these tactics are used or will be used uh, on the populations at the right time. And um, now they've already talked about putting in plants. They're already putting in plants and prisoners in certain places and they're doing it in hospitals with babies and yada, 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 folks with uh, Alzheimer's disease, yep. etc. And it's only a matter of time before it's, it's mandatory for everyone. But it'll be a two-way trip, believe you me. It won't be just sending out information as to where you are. It'll also be... Uh, you'll be able to get programmed remotely via the cell phone technology that's all over the place. That's how they work. And uh, it, it, it'll, it'll actually embed in your nervous system and transmit to your brain. Uh, this has been discussed at the world meetings at Loyola University uh, on two or three occasions. Oh, uh, um, i got to remember that they're always ahead of what I'm reading. Oh, they're always ahead of, of what we get, yeah. 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 Uh, quickly, okay. um, I have a book called Forbidden Knowledge by Roger Shattuck. Do you uh -huh. know anything about that? Uh, that's not the one on... I, I, I think I've heard of that. From Prometheus to Pornography? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that... Anyway, the show is winding up now because the music's starting. Okay. And, uh, Thanks for talking to me, whole, Yeah, I'll go through a whole bunch of books sometime. From Hades Thanks for talking to me. Yep, up in Interior Canada, it's good night to me, your God, all your gods go with you.